Welcome to the Home and Garden Show. We are live. The doors have officially opened. It is 10.02. We are here. Down. The Home and Garden Show is going to be happening all weekend. We have home improvement. We have landscape. We have gardening. There's food companies that are here also that are going to help stuff. you live your best life. Get your hot tub. Get your paddleboard. Sleep therapy. Dream about your fireplace. Outdoor fireplaces. Outdoor, I have to stare at all these things that I just want. Yes. If you want like a little tiny gnome home in your backyard for just your kid go to for have it. a playhouse, it. it's here. There's also a pet rescue here with two little Jack Russell Terrier puppies. Oh, really? Yes. I got to oh, meet so and greet them this morning. They were real sweet. Oh, I love that. I super love that. All right. So, Stephanie, we have been off the air for a couple of weeks, or I have been off the air for say, a couple um, weeks. Some of us have been working, Hanson. Some and of us have, have been, been weekly dishing. You. Yes. And I've been thinking about you. You posted um, some fun stuff that we're going to talk about, but first we're going to do the top two in hour two. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now the weekly dish presents Top Two, Top Two. The top two. Pick your best two. In all right so top two in hour two is where we tell you two things that we're feeling mildly obsessed about uh stephanie you want to go ahead and start yeah i'm going to tell you about last week i not only did i do Anna ahmed's uh noodle, noodle shop when was it Guy great I, it what was it great it was great. Yeah, I great. love this idea. This I'm not kidding you guys. The the chicken noodle and she's changing it all the time. So there was a chicken cow uh, poon I think or cow soy, and it was it was it was the silkiest chicken broth I've ever had. I was like I wanted to like climb into the bowl and then like pull the noodles up over my shoulder and have a nap. I want so that delicious. for you. It was so great. So I'm gonna say and it's only on Saturdays and Sundays and it is like and they sold out last time. So go. They open at eleven. If you want to go. We went and just had a great time. And it's so perfect. You can just sit down, get a bowl, get a drink, and you're out of there, like, I think under 20 bucks even. Maybe. I love it. Anyway, that's not even my top two because after <laughs> that. That was a bonus. That was a bonus. After that, I went to the Saturday Dumpling Club or company guys, and I picked up something that I feel like I want you guys to all figure out that you need to order this from them. And it's their specific Jardinera. Okay. Like, they have, you guys know about Jard, and you put it on your sandwiches. I've eaten... I picked up a little tub of their Jardinera, and it's got like a little bit of like Asian like funk to it. There's like a little bit of like, I think it's not kimchi, it's jarred, so yep. it feels like sandwich peppers, but there's a funk to it, and there's some like daikon or something in there that is spectacular, and I have literally eaten four sandwiches this week. <laughs> And more reasons for smart yes, to eat sandwiches. All the sandwiches, and I literally put that on all every time, and it is so perfect, so perfect 
for like the right crunch, the right pickle, the right saltiness, the and right And how thing. can you find the Saturday Dumpling Club? So you have to order from them on their website, and they show their menu on Wednesdays. It pops up, and then you can see what's available, and then you pick it up today on Saturdays. So you have it is a little bit of like work while they're getting all their ducks in the row for I'm sure they're going to do something major. They did just bring their dumplings are now available at the Wedge, so you can buy them there. But the jarred, you have to order online and then pick up on Saturdays. Okay. Because that sounds delicious. It's so delicious. I love it. Okay, what's your first one? Okay, so I happened to be at the um, Golden Fig. Yeah. And uh, I was buying a Sturzby, which is a past top two. <laughs> it is a... We have talked about the Sturz. We should like have like I a Sturzby tea. The guy, like, it's a wooden stick, basically, that you use to stir and cook with that is an amazing apparatus. Yeah. So I was buying one for a friend. Yeah. But while I was there, she was like, hey, have you tried these vegan chocolates? Oh. And I didn't know about vegan chocolates because usually chocolates are laced with obviously cream and butter. But they had these vegan chocolates there that were super delicious. They came in like a half moon shape and they had different flavorings. It was a, a really, really delicious chocolate that if you would have told me it was vegan, I would you not would have not believed, believed it. No. What was it called? I can't remember. <laughs> so you just have to go to the Golden Fig and say, hey, I hear you have these vegan chocolates okay. that are in the shape of a triangle. Golden Fig is in St. Paul. Yeah, and Avenue. she'll know because she's know. got them right on the top shelf. Okay. They're in a red box. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Just I love it. Vegan chocolate. All right. Um, so the second thing I wanted to talk about, which is this is a genius move for me, and I feel like, oh, my God, I'm so happy that they're doing this. So France 44, you know I love them, yes. Annie Dinah. Um, I just saw, I get their newsletter every whatever week, and they just put a note in there that they are collecting wine corks for Leonardo's Basement. Now, do you know what Leonardo's Basement is? No. So it's this great little, like, uh, organization that is sort of a club for kids, right? So it's like creativity for kids and they do projects. You can send your kid there and take classes or do like massive projects and build things and whatever. They need wine corks. Do you know how many wine corks I have? Like, I have a weird pension for saving them. And then all of a sudden I have to throw away these massive. And of course, there's part of me that's like, oh, I'm going to make a thing out of this. I'm never going to make, make the thing. a thing out of the wine corks. So I finally have a place for them. Cute. Besides just show, throwing them away. So I just wanted to encourage you guys, save your wine corks, or if you're already saving them and you want to get rid of them, they have a little dump site right outside of France 44 in Edina. But when you're going in, they have a little area that you can just dump your corks in. This is real cute. This is revolutionary yeah, for me. I love it. This is spring cleaning for me. <laughs> this is anti-hoarding. And doing good at the <laughs> same time. out. Yes. Okay, my second one yeah. is a restaurant I went to that is just open. It's only been open a couple of weeks. It's called Gia's. It's yeah. in South Minneapolis. Gia. Just Gia. Gia. There's Not, two ladies yeah. that are the co-owners and the chefs, so that's probably why I'm thinking yeah. multiple. Um, it is right next door to Hello Pizza. Mm -hmm. And is that the... No, yeah, it's not next to Hello Pizza. It's Pizza Lola. Pizza Lola. Sorry. Yeah. What is the name? Gosh, I'm like, I'm doing, right, channeling fine. my inner Julia this morning. Hi, what Julia. Is the, hi. What is the um, neighborhood? Is that Kingfield neighborhood? No, 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 no. It's just South Minneapolis. Okay. I mean, like it's, you know, it's sort of Armitage. You're kind of down the road from, you know, uh, uh, you know, where like um, Lake Harriet, where uh, Red Wagon Pizza yes. is and all yep. that kind of stuff. Book club. You're just kind of down that road. So area. going down that road. Yeah. And parking and now going into this restaurant that's only been open a couple weeks. Yeah. You walk in and you feel like you're in a little Parisian um, dining hall. You're in a little Italian spot. It is two women that were both chefs and became friends. 
And they've got this little neighborhood spot in there that is just so cute, so cozy. So we did, I talked about this a couple weeks ago because I went there for Valentine's Day. You did? Yeah. Oh, fun. The girls and I sat at the corner of the bar at Valentine's Day. But still, I agree with you. Totally, 100%. I thought the drink list was really thoughtful. They had some great wines. Uh, I ate a piece of fish, a piece of steelhead trout that came on like a bed of mashed potatoes with parsnips that was delicious. I also, uh, my my companions had a bechamel lasagna that was super great. The desserts there, too. Did you have any dessert, that butterscotch bedino? We didn't. No, we didn't because we ate so much of the other stuff. We had a steak. We did. I was talking about the uh, the artichokes and the polenta frito misti. I had that and it was so, so good and beautiful. Yes. And just uh, the idea of having artichokes like in a salad yeah. kind of was unique and a little bit different. It's just Italian. It's just rustic Italian that I think is being done differently. And I, I was, as I said on the show last time I was talking, but I think it's interesting to think about this, that there we don't have female-led Italian restaurants in town. Yeah. I mean, we really just don't. And it wasn't like when you think of Italian, it had a perfect amount of French in there too. So it wasn't like super heavy necessarily well, i don't think this is the thing italian isn't actually heavy like, i think though in the classic way that people think about italian food but that's american italian like i mean you can't that, that's the point is that they're sort of like bringing actually a touch to that italian food that we don't like it doesn't have to be these heavy there's not those heavy sauces it doesn't always mean that and so having it be rustic and a little bit more refined is just i think it's a way to redefine it for the culture in town and it felt very very Mediterranean almost. Yeah. And and it was just really delicious. Yeah. We had a good time. They also had a raspberry frangipan. And frangipan is one of my favorite things. I yeah. don't know why we don't see it more, but you do love it. You order it whenever you see it. I know, just like a I love almond paste. I just love that almondy texture and flavor. Very, very delicious. Cool. I, I made a cake. Okay. Can I tell you about this cake I made? Not right now, because we have to take a break. Oh, already? Okay. Yep. All right. So let's do your cake in the next moment, or the one after that. All right. Okay. We'll be right back. We'll be back. Some subscriptions just aren't for you. Honey, when do we subscribe to Potato Lovers Weekly? Cat Lady Today? Mold of the Month Club? The New York Mimes? But when you become a member at the YMCA in February, you can get a personal training subscription that is right for you. Plus, Y members gain access to virtual Y and group fitness classes. Wait, mediocre mustaches monthly? Subscribe to a healthier lifestyle. Join the Y at ymcanorth.org. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. We are broadcasting live from the Home and Garden Show. The Home and Garden Show has opened. It is happening. People are streaming through the door, grabbing their free bags, talking with all the vendors, planning all their spring gardening and home improvement projects. I love it. It feels hopeful. There's people in shorts. I think there's shorts. I shorts. I know. Right there, guy. I mean, there you go. I think that there's something about this that kind of like Minnesotans need to cast forward. Even if our brains, we need to think about the growing season and our outdoor lives. Maybe even like, I think even redoing your house makes you feel hopeful. You You are such an awesome wordsmith. (laughs) We need to cast forward. Let us cast. I am a writer. I love that about you. Oh my God. Um, We were, I just wanted to tell you about, it's citrus season, right? So I've been thinking all about like the tangellos and the Meyer lemons and the blood oranges and the caracaras. And there's just so many different types of fruit now. I made a cake that I normally make kind of around Easter time, but I made it earlier because I wanted to use, I had a bunch of olive oil 
I had a flavored olive oil that was a mango flavored olive oil. Ah. And I used it in a olive oil cake that had four Meyer lemons in it. And you literally grind up the peel and the lemon and all of the pith and everything and put it in this cake. And it, it cooks up and it's like super dense. Yeah. But it was super delicious and like almost savory. So I have to be honest with you. I dropped your cake. <laughs> you did? I didn't get a piece of it. Oh, no. Cause... I took a piece home from the party and I was so excited by it. <laughs> and I dropped it in the driveway. That's funny. Is it still in the driveway? No, I... No. You scraped it, it was, off the driveway and... I couldn't eat it. Oh, I was that's like so, so funny. sad about it. But so I was going to tell you like to bring me another piece, but... Okay, I absolutely would have too because I had one. So I made this cake for a party, but just... It reminded me to let everybody know that this is citrus season. It's a great time to eat that delicious citrus salad that your oh, mom God. makes, I think, I Stephanie, with it the grapefruit and the avocado. And the, and the, all you need, you guys, it's the simplest salad, and I think it's like such a winner. You just take whatever greens you want. You can use spinach. You can use arugula. You can do whatever you want. And then you just use grapefruit chunks in there. You throw in a whole pomegranate seeds. You take uh, – I like to throw in uh, a little bit of um, – like a little bit of red onion or maybe shallots, like a uh -huh. chopped shallot situation. And um, and that's it. And it's so delicious. And just an easy lemon vinaigrette. That's all you need. Super delicious. You don't need anything else. Um, also, are you a lemon bar person? No, but my mom was. So I'm not going to ever make them because Aww. I can never live up to hers. And uh, I don't have her recipe, by the way. It's a pretty easy recipe because it's usually just a press-in crust. Yeah. But I want to encourage people to think of, and I need to do this, I'm going to make like a lime bar. I'm going to make a grapefruit bar. I'm going to make sure. a blood orange bar. Like, Do it. They're the same. Yeah. And you can still say bar. Bar. Um, but I'm yeah, not, I'm going to expand my citrus bar category. I'm going to make Joey be the uh, the captain of the lemon bar. So oh, Joey. Oh, he'd be good at it. You need to get on that recipe and perfect that for us so that you can take that place. Um, I want to talk about carrots, though. Please. Because so at Pink Ivy, I was talking about Pink Ivy Kitchen, which is debuting in Hopkins on March 5th, and you can get reservations now. But they had, uh, and, and Michael Shaughnessy, the chef, who has sort of a vegetable-focused background, he put a carrot dish in front of me that I put on the Instagram, and it was very polarizing. Some people were like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. Like, they were a little weirded out because it's carrots with a, a sweet potato romesco, Yum. you know, which is like an almond sort of a sauce. Yep. And then he had green olives capers on it green olive and capers on it i just want to eat that right now it it you guys <laughs> it like it was like a moment where i was like i'm gonna take a bite of this and i'm gonna be fine and i was like normally if i'm doing for a sneak peek i just take one bite and i just so i can describe it i literally kept like chasing it back with absolutely my fork. that sounds amazing and it's a jacques pepin sort of riff because jacques pepin put carrots with olives and capers but then to put this sweet potato romesco on top was Unbelievable. It, it sounds was, great. So we think about it, and you think about the carrots at Porzana, which is what everybody is like, oh, my God, get the carrots at Porzana. And there's, that's a direct uh, interpretation. <laughs> but there's this, at Porzana, they're doing glazed carrots with ricotta, honey, crispy shallots, and basil. Our carrots... The new Brussels sprouts. Well, funny you bring that up because I talked earlier in the first hour about Alauna bread. And one of the sandwiches they had on their menu had roasted carrots and harissa. Yeah, I'm telling you, carrots and harissa. Right. The and you carrot know, was like the star. So, And you know that we have done hipster carrots yep. forever. And, on your Thanksgiving table. Yep. And so when we were out in Seattle, I didn't really into cooking for Jakey's birthday. Uh, one of the things we did, we... 
Joy and Ryan and I were at the market and we were like, we absolutely have to get hipster carrots somewhere in this meal. And we took broccoli rob and we did the flash, you know, sort of saute in the broccoli rob. But what we'd done is we'd totally diced up like, you know, brunoise in our way, which is not a real brunoise. <laughs> it's a... Smarchy Brunois. Thank you. And it was just, but these little, you take those and we just, I think we just hit them with the hot honey, you know, and like kind of made them glazed with a little bit of spice to them. And then threw that within the broccoli rob. And Yum. it was just an essence, just a moment, but a perfect crunch. Also, we're seeing lots of menus that have like the um, whipped feta or the whipped yogurt and then the roasted carrots on top yeah, of that in yeah. a pile with I think, pistachios yeah. Yeah. and some I sort think, of a drizzle. I think that the idea that we have, like, carrots has been a mainstay in the Midwest for our pot roast traditions and all the rest. You know what I mean? Like, we like it's meat and potatoes, and there's always, like, veggie medley. And the veggie medley, yeah. the carrots are always there. And I think that's why I have sort of, like, not loved them as a side dish, because I feel like it's just this weird, sweet sort of nothing. And I'm, I think that doing, like, dressing it up this way is the way to go. Also, and this is going to speak to all your icky factor, but... The idea of roasting carrots and then whipping them yeah. and having them as like a puree, yes. like you might have instead of a mashed potato, yes. or you can mix them with parsnips yes. and the parsnips give it a little lighter. Fluffy. Yes. Yes. But I do think Brussels are tired. I think that's the other side of it. I think we're looking for another like, and carrots are beautiful because they photograph beautifully. They're bright. And we way overdid the cauliflower. Oh, so, so we went from cauliflower to Brussels sprouts. So yeah. now we're going to carrots. I'm going to say it. I'm going to make the call. 2024, beginning of the carrot world okay so then though the question is what's next no we have to just sit in carrots for we're a gonna sit in carrots because <laughs> i feel like we're gonna have like the daikon radish maybe next do you think well i don't i would not be mad at that i think radish is already here and of course radishes are and roasting of radishes and used ubiquitously <laughs> around the rest of the world but so we're just having a radish moment right but i mean there's there's something about the watermelon radishes and all that stuff that are just beautiful and a part of every dish and how roasting Ugh, a radish they really give it so transforms much depth. it yeah, it gives it so much depth, too, to anything right, you're cooking. I'm just going to say radishes are going to be next year's you, carrots. You feel like? I think carrots going to be here for a couple years. Okay, so maybe. Uh, so the cycle will go, and you're going to hit the. Yeah, because nobody moves that fast. Nobody moves that nobody fast. Nobody moves that fast. No. I mean, just the fact that we get hipster carrots at the grocery store now, that the, you know what I mean? Like, they're all over the place. The colorful ones, you know, the purple, the orange. Like, that's, like, mainstream now. Okay. But it took a long time to get that way. Here is a little carrot sitch. For Easter, you get a clear vase. You put carrots with the green tops in the vase with the water is covering the carrots, right? Okay. Then you put tulips in there. And the carrot sort of anchors the tulip stems, but the green flowing over the side of your pot. I'm going to do it, I think, on TV because it looks super cute. Did you, you saw somebody else do it? I and saw then, it, yeah. So do you have so, to cut the bottoms and make them flat? No. Nope, because you're nope. just balancing them in there? How do they stay up? Like, I can't imagine, like... The carrots, you're in a small glass container. You're jamming them together so there's there's no hole in the middle? No hole. You're just putting an like entire bouquet vase, of carrots... Oh, I got you. ...into the water. Gotcha. And the green is laying over the side of the dish. Okay. And then you're putting tulips in and using that, like, almost like a font... Okay. The carrots are holding the strength of the tulip 
stem. Okay. And it makes an arrangement that's very Eastery and cute. I'm going to do it. I think you need to do okay. it. Cause Keep I'm your eyes peeled. I'm going to do it. Okay. All right. Well, and it is Easter is early this year. It's yeah. And so we're going to be talking about fun Easter stuff. Yeah. We have a couple weeks of, or you're like gone for. No, come on. I'm going to be around. Next week, we're going to talk about Easter stuff. No, we're not. I refuse. <laughs> it's too early. <laughs> I snorted. I know. I love it. All right, you guys. Well, I, if you have a if you have a, a a dish, if you have a carrot dish you particularly love, if you have if or if you think that there is uh, something that is going to be the next vegetable dish that you're psyched about, let us know. I didn't put a Facebook question up, but maybe I should. Maybe that's it. What's okay. the next carrot? What's the next carrot? We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You ever get that feeling where you know you need to get something off your chest? Holding stuff in really becomes a stressor. Things you want to mention to your boss, your partner, your parents. Bottling it up only makes things worse and start to make our life go sideways. But what can we do about it? Therapy is a great safe space to get things off our chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just putting those bottled up words out into the universe can be a big help, especially when it's in a safe space with your therapist. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You start by filling out a questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Weekly Dish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Weekly Dish. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. We are live at the Home and Garden Show. You're listening to The Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1. Thank you for being here with us. If you ever miss a show or you need to go back and catch some information that we shared, you can always find it on our podcasts, which you can find on our show page at Weekly Dish at MyTalk1071, or you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. We do always have a Facebook question that we post. Yeah. Stephanie just posted it. I so did. if you want to participate and play along. I it- asked you guys, if not carrots, what vegetable do you nominate to replace Brussels sprouts? Shanson has dibs on calling radishes. Just and so I you made know. her put it down so we can like bookmark it into the lexicon. She wants credit. In two years when we're all eating radishes, I want everyone want, to know it's because of know. me. Yep. You want, you want credit. I love that. I am competitive. I'm a competitive eater. <laughs> not in the way of like stuffing hot no, dogs No, not like Joy Chestnut. No, not oh, that way. But d- remember that day that I watched the people at Malcolm Yards eat the uh, Momos? Oh, yeah. And they just swallowed. You, he got yeah, like 26 in a minute. I don't. That's the same Watching thing. Watching competitive like, eating is yeah. fantastic. I mean, I, I. Okay, but then here's the thing, right? Like competitive eating is one thing, but watching like the mukbang videos where people are just stuffing I do not like in, that. I hate that. And I don't like it. I don't want any. A particular lady yeah. that has really long fingernails that eats seafood. Oh. It's just too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. People too much. have all their feelings. So that's great. Good for them. Good for them. I know. <laughs> we are live at the Home and Garden Show. If you guys are planning 
a home improvement project, if you're going to expand your deck, if you want to learn more about creating a garden in your backyard, if you want to visit the Horticultural Society, they are here. They've got tons of seeds. The Dahlia tubers as big as plates. Wow. Oh, that girl in front of us is wearing the cutest orange shoes. <laughs> She has these orange suede wedges on. Um, I have they to, don't necessarily not look like the I know, the but they are adorable. I'm like trying not to chase her down to ask her where she got her shoes. Okay, okay. What is happening at MSB Magazine? Well, this let's week? talk about Do you have big eating happening. No, but let's talk about this new thing that we're launching because we're, everybody wants to talk about how prices of food, you know, is kind of insane right now, and I feel bad about that. Right? I mean, I feel I don't feel bad about that, but I feel it as well. I mean, I'm going out for dinner for the work and I feel like I'm watching my budget just like absolutely dissolve. And I know that food particularly they they talk about inflation being, you know, kind of kept in check. Um and then but the fact is is that in Minnesota I've read the stats that at locally we are our inflation is actually much better than everybody else's. Like it's already except lower. Except for food. Except for food. We're paying 30% more for food. And it's insane. Mm -hmm. And I know that restaurants also feel it because they can't charge they they can't charge you like 50 bucks for a bowl of soup even though that's how they would do it to actually be profitable. Right. And so they're working things out to like maybe spend more on this, but then maybe charge a little bit more for something that's cheaper so, you know, that it works out. But and we're looking for cheap eats. We are basically... Happy well, hours, yeah. date nights. And we're not calling them cheap eats anymore because it sort of speaks to something that is like not as good quality. And that's what we wanted to call it. Okay. 40 Eats Under 40 Bucks is a new blog that we have launched on the magazine website. And we're doing it on Wednesdays. And Dara is sort of spearheading it. And she's kind of going out and looking for things that are sort of like spectacular. You know, dishes that stand out that are really worthy that are under 40 bucks. And I put the $40 cap Is this up there. for two? And this is just a dish. So, like, the first one she did was the pho at pho 79. And and she and the basically it's like the dish is fifteen seventy nine fifteen dollars and seventy nine cents right so what's great about it is it's just that's the dish it's under forty bucks you know we there's sometimes we want to give ourselves a little bit of leeway to so like there could be a dish and a drink together that might make you a meal for, for and that might go up to forty bucks but we're kind of thinking about it's just for one person you okay. know what I mean like and it's like kind of the idea is like just thinking about obviously you may spend more you may spend you need to spend less but it gives us kind of a a, a spectrum to go on so it could be egg sandwiches it could be it could oh, be oh don't even get me started on the Marty's Deli egg sandwiches no, again no we've Stephanie. already talked about it <laughs> And you've been talking about it for years. Like, where have I been? Well, it's welcome funny. to the party. I mean, and well, everyone's in on the party. But, but the idea that there's, you know, I think a lot of us think that you have to go out and do huge things. And I know that the restaurants, like the neighborhood restaurants, are feeling the pinch right now. That's why Restaurant Week is so good because it also brings people out for a deal. But I think that people are doing. The new places are getting a lot of traffic because they're shiny and new and it feels like an experience. People are experiential and they're thinking like, oh, I'm going to go up for like a big night out and they go to the new places to have this sort of experience. Yep. But what's being cut out of their daily or their weekly habit is like, hey, let's pop over to so-and-so's pub, our neighborhood pub, our neighborhood eatery. Really? I think that that's... I've been hearing from people that... The neighborhood eateries are a little bit down huh. as compared to what they're seeing people going to like Porzana. Yes. Or going, so like the bigger places are actually getting 
like kind of that experiential dollar. And people are saving the money to have like maybe a one special night a week yeah. versus like two or three. Right. Instead of going casually out, yeah. Type. Instead of saying like, oh, I can't afford that. They're saying, you know, they're like, oh, I, I can afford that if I don't go here. You know what's interesting about that, too, yeah. is the psychology of going out. So right. I will go out and I will spend money on burgers, pizzas, fried chicken, sushi, like things I can't make at home. Right. But like when you're going to pay almost $20 for a hamburger. Right. You might just be like, wow, I just spent $20 for the hamburger. Yeah. Well, I know that is what it costs the restaurateur and I'm not bagging on them. Right. It might be like, wow, maybe I'll just like not get that hamburger and maybe I will save it up to get the special steak on a Saturday night. And I also think I can see that. Yeah. And there's also something in, and this is a huge generalization, but not really meaning to be that way. But like, you know, when people are trying to eat healthier, they think in terms of splurges, right? So, of course, January and February, you know, early March, they tend to where people are trying to eat healthier because they're still coming off of it, of the... So, like, you're not going to go to your neighborhood tavern and get a burger and fries and a beer necessarily. Right. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to have I'm a piece of fish. Up. I'm going to dry January. Yes. And so I'm going to save up for my big night at Dario yep. and order all the pasta. So they're, it's literally saving money, saving calories. It's this sort of scarcity mentality, but I it's also, it. it's also splurging. And I think that's one of those things that is hurt is a little bit hard. And we're, let me be truthful that like, when we get into summer, all of those bets are off and people are going to be like, let's go meet up. Let's go sit on the yeah. patio. So we just have to get through it's the time next. and tide and it's all cycles. You know what I mean? And we're seeing that with breweries too. Like people used to pop into a brewery or meet. Well, breweries are, have a whole thing because I mean, you know, I think the fascination of the craft brewery is the way that people access them and use them are, um, is different because uh, you know, it used to be about the fascination of the actual beer itself and the, and, and that, and now, if you, you know, I do this event thing with the feed every week. I go and I list all the things on the agenda that you could do this week. There's weekend. so many events happening so at breweries. They become event centers. They are. There's bingo. There's, you know, people yeah. are doing, you know, they're doing um, headshots. <laughs> they're doing pet things. They're drag doing brunches. drag brunches. Yep. They're, the, all these things, activations are happening at the brewery to get you in there. And that's a good thing. I mean, I think it's a... Because normally they have pretty open spaces and there's a lot less, you know, trappings and there's, you don't have to worry about like seatings and things. So I think it's a good idea, but it is interesting how. Yeah, because you wouldn't just like go to your neighborhood bar for an event particularly, but all of the breweries are having to create, have event managers that create these constant churn of events yes. to get you to keep them Trivia. top of mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that is interesting. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. And I love markets. There's so many markets. So happening. many markets. There's a point where you have to stop writing about markets because, and I think like, I can't go to any more markets. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I've already shopped and been at a lot of them. So yes. Uh, so many markets, so much, so little time, so little time, but I hope you shop at the markets cause it's always fun to shop local, local makers and all the rest, like thinking about Easter and all that kind of stuff. If you're going to do gifts or whatever, you know? Yes. But anyway, so I do think that there's, you know, I, I think that there's a value in making sure that you check in on your local restaurant and just dip in and dip out. If that's a place that you want to keep around. You know, think and to about support. patronizing yep. them. You know, yep. giving also, them a shot. Also, can we talk a little bit about the VF dubs and the trends? You you mentioned that that we're just seeing like 
chefs being invited in to revitalize these VFWs. Because, well, there's that's the whole thing. I actually, I actually ate at the St. Louis Park VFW this week. Oh. And it was packed. I mean, oh. like, it was so busy. It was a Wednesday. My friend Lisa and I decided to go, and she lives, like, two blocks from me. She's like, let's just go to the VFW and get cheeseburgers. And so we did. And it well, was and Chester Birds fantastic. in Golden Valley yeah. has a $10 Monday night burger. You get a burger and a beer for 10 bucks. Yeah, this one, by the way, is on a Wednesday night. It's a $6 burger. Okay, wow. It's a $6 cheeseburger, and it was a good cheeseburger. Yeah. But, and this is the idea of, like, it's just, like, your expectations have to be leveled and everything else, and they have... They have ribs. They have other things on the menu. But I think the problem with the VFWs has just been, and I think Racket did a great little article about them this week. They did. That is about, you know, our friend Mike German, who's at 328, and uh, Miguel, who is now at the Uptown VFW, and how these these places have to bring in other people into their kitchens to bring drive traffic and to create a good food program. And there's some of them that that works, and then there's some of them that don't need it. You know what I mean? Because they have their their local yep. you know pull but i think there is a there's a dwindling crowd for those too i mean let's be clear they're kind of aging out yes that's the nice way of saying it but we still need a lot of that vfw but the community is important yeah and we need like to support the veterans and some of those activities yes so i do love that this is a way that you can infuse energy into your space yeah and maybe there's mentorship that can happen with some of these uh, folks, like in terms of learning about how to keep better books or whatever it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Sort I don't know. Fun. It's good stuff. All right. We're All right. Take a break and then we're going to wrap it up live from the Home and Garden Show. You're listening to the Weekly Dish. Welcome back to the Home and Garden Show live Weekly Dish broadcast. We are going to be here till 11 o'clock. And we have lots of fun programming happening throughout the day here at Home and Garden Show. You may know Ryan McEnany. He wrote a book called Outdoor Living, and he is the garden master with Bailey's Nursery. Good friend of Julia's. Yeah. Hi, Julia, if you're listening. So him and I are going to do a talk at 1 o'clock on the stage. Alexis Thompson is here. It is just she's here with uh, her little husband and her little Zed. I can't wait to say hi. So, so lots of fun stuff happening. So great. Come on down. We said uh, some friends had a Bloody Mary and just walking around getting yeah. their steps Get in. Get your steps. This is a great space to do that. And you can just kind of like watch everything and dream big. Dream about all your ring. summer projects. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in town because let's. this is what we do. Uh, how do you feel about the fact that Annie's Parlor is back open? Very excited. Do you love it? Yeah. I just am happy for them. Can I be clear about something? That yeah. We broke the story that they were back open. And I have to give credit to Ella Anderson, this little sweet intern of ours, who is a U of M, you know, person. And she has been in the area. She lives in the neighborhood. And she she sent us a note on, you know, on email. And she was like, hey, you guys, Annie's Parlor is open. And they're having shakes. Ella gave you the scoop. She did. I and love I, it. But, I mean, she deserves all the credit. We had her go and, like, chase it down and talk to the her Marchick brothers. And I just, I just love thinking about the next generation of food writers getting excited because they found something to talk about. Absolutely. I'm just so excited about that. So yay to that. Um, Baby Zito is now open in Woodbury. Yes. It's a, it's a bigger space, you guys. If you're out in Woodbury, you're going to want to go see them. It seriously It is. looks festive. And they have, a special, uh, they have a special thing called the Better Burger. Okay, talk to me. I'm sorry. I was playing with Zed. <laughs> um, they have a special Better Burger that they are doing Oklahoma-style onion burger crossed with the Wisconsin-style butter burger. Okay, so this means you're going to put the onions on the flat top. Yeah. You're going to put your meat patty on top of the onions. Yeah. 
and then you're gonna put butter. All the things. No, well, I mean, it's the butter burger is the bun. You know, Love I mean, it. the Culvers. It's that's basically what it is. Uh, did you hear that uh, Cafe Series is now open again? Has another location in South no. Minneapolis in the Wakpata building at 46 in Minnehaha. I know no. Cafe Series is like growing and yeah. doing really great. I'm I I like that place. Sadly, we have to talk about the fact that Apoy is closing. Do you know about, remember this? Right next to what was Corner Table is now Bouchron. Apoy was the Filipino place that you rem- you don't remember. I don't. <laughs> and I'm sorry because it sounded good and yeah. I didn't support them and they now they're doing, closing. They were doing the uh, the the feast. Remember that like Yia Vang does? The, yeah, the Kamayan feast. Yeah, so they always, they did that as well. Um, we don't have a lot of Filipino restaurants. And in fact, Alexis is a big fan of the Filipino restaurants. And that's, we've lost two of them now. Calzada and now Apoy. Oh, yeah. So Calzada I don't know why was we good can't too. Do that. I know. It's so just sad. Uh, and then Old Log Theater, you heard, is closing. I did. I and know. I just wonder, like, are they going to develop that? It's right on the lake. I don't know. It's I beautiful think, grounds. I hope they don't because that'll be a I loss. know, but I, hope I that feel somebody like... buys it and then puts, keeps it as a theater. I hope so, but I, I can. You know, they, the the people who bought it last, the the current owners. I mean, they invested like three million dollars or something into it to make it, but it still has a very funky smell. Sometimes. Old and charming. Well, old and charming, right? Charming. That's charming. the smell. The charming. That's the smell. charm. That's the charm. Um, okay, so what else do we want to talk about? Um, oh, so this is. Have you heard about So Yen desserts? No. Did you read about her in no. Eater? You should check out Eater. Justine Jones has a great write-up. So Yen Desserts is this woman, Yen Fang, and she's selling those viral cream puff. Have you seen those cream puffs? With like that are sort of almost like they look like Pac-Man, and they're so filled with cream that they're like almost like obtuse. Yes, those brioche pastries, cream-filled, are at the window at the former Golden Deli. Remember by yes by the in Lower Town, and they are. Um, she's open Friday. This weekend and every weekend from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And it's like people And you are, just get one big massive cream puff? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff that she has on her menu. But, I mean, Yum. literally, I think she has... What I, of course, am excited about is this. Chicken congee. Can someone make congee for me to just pick up? That's I was like, wait, why I are want. you telling me about a cream-filled cream puff? So this unlike isn't me. your jam. I know. So it's unlike me. the congee. So. It's because she's also offering congee. You backed into oh. that one. You tricked me. I know I did. I She's it. also got like donuts f- for five bucks that are like ube Oreo, like the purple. Yes. And then the strawberry. She's got pandan coconut. Okay, maybe ube is ube the next thing. Ube might be it, but that's so, a flavoring and not necessarily like a No, veg- because it is a vegetable, yeah, right? True. It's a potato. But people aren't using it like that. They're but using maybe it as- they will, Stephanie. Maybe. maybe that should be your pick so that's that I can beat pick. it with the radishes. You can have the radish. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm holding fast with carrot for a while. Okay, we're two years of carrots. We're going to go there. But ube has had a moment, and maybe the vegetable itself, instead of just the coloring, will I have know. a well, moment. Well, the ube was a big Filipino piece, and the casada yep. had it, so this all ties back together. I did use the ube condensed milk, or, yeah, the condensed milk. You can find it at our Sh- the Shanghai Market, which is the Asian market uh, over on Cedar and Louisiana. They have ube purple condensed milk. You should make something with it. I should. Because you can use it just like normal condensed milk. Yeah, because I should make a Rice Krispie bar. Yes, but let me tell you this. It does get everywhere and it tends to stain things. I love it. You have to be very careful with ube because I'm it is, totally going to do it. I think you should. Okay, watch for, for that. that. All right. All this that. cooking that's going to be happening coming up. Woo, Dolly. Okay, right. are you? I'm eating at uh, Dario this week. Oh, are you? Yes. You haven't been yet. Nope. Oh, my God. You're going to. Actually, my our friend Elizabeth Dean is going tonight. Okay. It is so, going to be so good. 
Oh and my it's god! All the noodles and and not even like I mean like you don't have to make a huge pasta statement. And the pastas, by the way, I feel like the service that we tell people when going to Dario is that the pastas are not like like your personal serving of pasta is like a giant bowl you'd make for yourself. These are smaller plates that are yep. kind of meant to like everyone gets a bite, everyone gets a taste, so that you can have more of them. Okay. So just be clear. And there are, I mean, like, Because you know how I feel about share plates. I know. It's not a share plate, really. But, like, if you're getting the capoletti, you're going to get four capolettis. Okay. As long as there's enough for, yeah. like, everyone to have one at the table. And to, yeah. If it's... As I, long as you're eating for four and you're not having... Which is having fine. Like when you go somewhere and there's four of you and you get three... Like, why are you giving me three? I give know. me two or give me four. I don't know what to do with three. I know. It's portioned that way. And it's yeah. like, it's, it's costed that way. I know. It's just because that... it's costed for two with one extra to share. But then when you're with four, you only have three. I and know. it's just complicated. I know. It is. It is complicated. I want my share plates to come in even numbers. I wish you could upgrade for like a just a little charge. Instead of ordering two twos, you know, or That's two threes. That's a great idea. I yes. Because I could wouldn't you... care about the money. I just care about give the Give me like... one more on there and then just give me like a little bonus bonus pasta which charge. is like when we were at Boucheron and my friend asked for just one more biscuit like he was at the biscuit. Olive Garden <laughs> he heard us that day too he Dang. still laughs about oh it yes I have to tell you I did get I got takeout last night from Revival and brought Yum. it home and just like hung out but the Cheddar Bay biscuits there I kind of forget about those oh they're life-changing and i just forgot and they're at st louis park like they haven't always been on the menu at st louis park but i'm here to tell you the cheddar bay biscuits from revival are, are in that's st. a takeout visit alone right there i know you get two for seven bucks i was like yes please oh yeah make an egg sandwich in the morning you know what i mean Eat yes one and then keep one later for an egg sandwich oh look at you hoarding your cheddar bay biscuits for <sighs> your egg sandwich i do love it um, okay, I am, by the way, quickly, I know that we're almost out of time, but I'm going to uh, a Lebanese dinner party tonight, and I'm supposed to bring something. With who? Just at Meyer's house. Okay. And I have not figured out what to bring. A Lebanese. Lebanese. Do you have any Something with comments? preserved lemon. Oh, okay. So maybe either a cocktail or some kind of a grain salad with that and green olives. I know. And I maybe thinking, some roasted carrots. Maybe some roasted carrots. Take that riff on the dish you just had that you liked. I know. Yes, roasted carrots are Lebanese. So is preserved lemon and so are green olives. Okay. All of that's Lebanese. All right. That'd be good. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I mean, like, I'm not, maybe I could, no, I can't Like even a pharaoh. I was thinking of doing or like. Or a bulgur. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Maybe doing like a minty. Yes. Okay. Carrots. With carrots and preserved minty. Preserved lemon. Huh. Green Tabula? onion. Baba yeah, Gouge? but make it different. Make I it I can't do modern. Because they've already, people are already bringing other things, so. Yeah, I have to think about it. You could make it the Stephanie March version. Well, always. I think you have to, right? Yes. What else are you doing after your show today? Uh, resting. Okay. <laughs> it's been a week. I love that. <laughs> I am just resting. I'm playing pickleball tomorrow. My ankle's good enough that I can play again. Yes. But I'm rationing myself to two days a week. And yeah, that's right. it. We're getting wrapped up. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's the Weekly Dish. You can find us at MyTalk1071. Respond to our Facebook page question or yes. give us any comments and, and come, come out to the Home and Garden Show. Yes. Yeah, see you later. Ciao, well, ciao. All right.